Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, 7 p.m. UK time here on twitch.tv slash DNI stream. Welcome to Documentation Not Included, episode 5.1, Developer Communities and Events. My name is Josie, and my normal hosts of Mostis with the most awesomeness is Chris and Patrick are here. Hello. Hey. <laughs> and our guest today is uh, someone we became aware of a few weeks ago, and we mentioned him last week, uh, very briefly, uh, when we stumbled across his absolutely wonderful website that gave us lots of nostalgia. Uh, it's Paul Verbeekmast. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell people who, who you do, who you are, what you do. Um, I'm a front-end developer at a startup called Confrere. Um, I uh, work from home, from the Netherlands, and uh, yeah, that was it. Basically, uh, I, I run a lot of meetups and conferences and uh, attending them and speaking at and doing everything at conferences that you can do. Right. So you, you do, is it mostly speaking or is it, is it, because this t today's subject, which we've already mentioned is communities and events, yeah. are you mostly focused around attending the events f on behalf of your company then? I'm mostly focused on organizing events on behalf of myself. Okay. And then also speaking at, at behalf of my conference. Right. Okay. Okie dokie. Yeah. Ooh. Before we go too further, we will have an icebreaker question as always. But before we do this, for those of you who are not watching live and listening to us in the future, you are missing out on the most epic mustache <laughs> ever to grace our show. So you might want to go check that out. But icebreaker question time. So here is the question, has nothing to do with development, has everything to do with you guys. And if you are listening in the future, let us know your thoughts, hashtag DNI stream, or, you know, let us know in chat for those of you who are watching. But if you were to put on a show inside of the circus, what would you want to do or be known for or be responsible for? And it's all about the circus. So Patrick, you're a bit of an animal. Uh, see, I was thinking like uh, some sort of animal act, like you know, with, uh, with lions or something, you know, be a little bit traditional. That could be fun, work working with animals. Though I would probably bite the buggers to death, so that probably wouldn't be working. Uh, I don't know. Uh, actually, like being on trape tra trape like you know, those like gymnasts which are like flying through on the top, trapeze? like that's mm -hmm. yeah, trapeze, yeah, trapeze uh, gymnast uh, gymnastics. That sounds cool. I'll be fun to Gymnastics. do. I don't know what's the Gymnastics. I don't know the word. What about yourself, Paul? Um, I'm afraid of heights, so I don't think the gymnast would be uh, something I would do. But uh, what would be uh, also not good when you're afraid of heights, what I would want to do is like being shut away from one of those big cannons. <laughs> I wouldn't be afraid Sounds of like the heights of in that instance. I'd be heard of the, afraid of the death. Ah, well. <laughs> the falling. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Chris? Uh, well, immediately my mind went to um, one of two things. One was either I'm I'm not afraid of heights. I don't like heights, but I'm not afraid of them. Um, would either be the, the the diving into a tiny little pool thing, just because it's what you see on cartoons, basically. <laughs> um, but more probably lion taming, because I'd I'd enjoy I'd enjoy the challenge of that more than anything. Hmm. And the danger. And to Josie? <laughs> Me? Absolutely anything with Cirque du Soleil. Whether it's huh? the dancing, swimming in the water, climbing up walls, uh, doing things in a flying Viking ship, I, like anything. 
anything at all as long as it was with the Cirque du Soleil. However, here's a little insight into my past. I've actually gone to clown college. Ooh, I feel like you've mentioned that before, or I've heard that before. I have mentioned it before on another (laughs) podcast, yes. But I've actually gone to clown college, so I would be absolutely perfectly fine doing balloon animals, juggling, balancing, uh, things like that. But, but it would have to be in the Cirque du Soleil. Like, Like, the stuff they do is so grand and so epic. You see, I'm, uh, I'm afraid of clowns. I have whatever that phobia is of clowns. To I... be fair, if you think about it, clown college into security makes a lot of sense because most of our security <laughs> nowadays is, is basically clown business. <laughs> so do you also have your clown face registered somewhere? No, no, no. Do you, do you get that? Do you get a, your own personal clown face at college or does it, is it no. when you, when you um, get further on? <laughs> no, it's just simply clown. Co- they, they teach you the basic fundamentals, like you know. But yes, I, 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 I gosh, I did, I did that when I was like seventeen, I think. How many Josies can you fit 17? in a mini? <laughs> At this current moment in time, you'd be lucky to get one. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Anyway. Let us move on to our topic, which is today, uh, developer communities and events. So uh, here is a question that's been itching on my mind, Paul. Let's say I want to make an event, like within a few months. Uh, what, are the, what are the things that people usually don't expect until they actually start doing events? And then it's like a big issue that they just never thought about. It's a lot of work. Just a whole lot of work. It, it kind of depends on the type of event that you want to do. But um, I think that uh, some people think, oh, I have like four months and then I want to do the event. But they do want to do a conference. No, that's not nearly enough time to even get to your uh, audience, for example. So finding your the right audience, that is, that is a, a pretty big thing that some people underestimate. I guess, but also just the amount of work that you have to put into the whole thing. So what, what are the scale of the events that you've done then or that, that you get involved in? Are they, are they huge global conferences or are they just to like the time, the smaller kind of more niche events? Um, a little bit of both. So okay. I have my own meetup group in the Netherlands, uh, which I started with my wife about five years ago. And, um, so that, that ranged from events that had like only 10 people that showed up to about a hundred. Okay. Um, but I also organized, uh, or helped organize conferences. And one of them was a, uh, big conference, uh, in Amsterdam, uh, which had about 800 people Nice. and, uh, a huge budget because it was sponsored by one of the, the bigger, uh, web companies. Okay. That is that is a thing um, for how, for you guys because we'll we'll get into it. But like Chris, I know you go to a networking event, which is sort of its own little thing. But for you and um, Patrick, have you guys gone to actual event events or convention conventions or anything, either I've, as a, a speaker or? I've been to um, I've been to quite a few 
events as an attendee. So I've been to lots of gaming events, um, mostly local, but they're huge. You know, there's still, I mean, there's there's one um, called Play Expo that I've I've been to, um, which I think is acro- all across the country, if if not a bit further afield. Um, but it's, I mean, it's run at a big hotel up the on the prom uh, where I live, and there must be a couple of, I don't know, probably a couple of hundred, not hundred thousand. I don't know. I don't know how many people because it's rammed and it's a huge area and it, there's people playing games and indie developers selling their, um, selling the games and there's, it's a kind of a retro, you know, retro gaming convention. And I go to it every time it's on because it's such a great experience, you know. And I also, when I was doing my game development, want, I was I was in the process of getting stands at those places but I didn't get to that point so that's how I've attended events I have spoken at a few smaller events Um, I've been to lots of gaming networking events Um, but again they're all quite small 20-30 people um, and and done talks but that's about the limit of my experience. What kind of things did you speak about? Um, Well my game when I was developing my game um, and Specifically, I've I've been to one or two smaller non-gaming technical events where I've spoken about a specific um, technology or um, something like a, um, a I don't know how to how to put processes in place in particular place. You know, it's it's development specific, so software development specific stuff. Um, and I'm I'm actually in the process of making some inroads. Um, in one of the local cities to me that I'm going to hopefully start getting involved in that a bit more because I quite enjoy it. I quite enjoy getting up and talking to people and talking about something specific and being yep. told that I'm wrong as well, you know? I enjoy that side <laughs> of things. You are so wrong, Chris. Like, that's it. That's it. I don't want to hear any more from you. What about that's you, fine. Patrick? Um, yeah, as for me, I wasn't... Oh, we lost Patrick just as he started <clears throat> speaking. Wait, what? No, we lost you just as you said it, just as no, you started he... speaking. He's still here. Oh, okay. What is even happening? <laughs> well, luckily, it's my it's my computer that's doing the recording, so everybody else saw that Patrick disappeared. So say what you just said again, then, Patrick. All right. So I haven't <laughs> went to as many uh, events as I'd like to. In terms of just like attending as a guest, I went mostly to fantasy convents or um, like gaming events, local Polish ones. And in terms of, and I also was speaking at a conference as a. Um, I was speaking as a, about game development for to business graduates, and I was also was speaking uh, also was leading workshops about is cr- crash course of crash course of game development art asset pipeline to art uh, graduates. So that was interesting. Nice. See, I'm sitting here, and I'm I'm so sad that Gordon couldn't be in chat right now because Gordon who was a previous guest on our show, uh, he's with Lineup Ninja. They're a little startup that helps set up events from everything from the call to, you know, papers and things like that for the people who talk to scheduling the venues. Like, they've got that whole thing sorted. I'd, I'd love to have them in here to actually have some particular questions. For me, I've talked, uh, I've attended big things, I've attended small things, and I will tell you, as someone who has done both the talking side and the attendee side, the thing that has always driven me the most insane is the scheduling. Mm. There is, I like small get-togethers in the development community where everyone's in the same room and we all get to hear the same things. Yay! When you start adding rooms and talks, we start ending up in a situation where 
Like for me, there might be a talk going on about something very security specific. And I'm like, yeah, I really want to see that. And then there's another talk about something that is very development centric in another way. And I'm like, I want to do that. But they're both on at the same time. That's and like, I'm like, why? That's like going to a music why festival, though, isn't it? It's me? exactly, oh, there's yes. three bands on all at the same time that I want to see. And I came to see all three of these bands and none of the others I care about, but they're all cross over <laughs> each other. Um, yes, I just but... thought as well, actually, what I'm currently doing, um, the work I'm currently doing, I'm putting together um, a proof of concept uh, for some very large technical events, or rather the more business sales events. So I'm currently, I'm creating the smoke and mirrors that goes on when they're showing, you know, the, the implementation or the cross-platform de deployment. And I'm having to dig real deep into the details. So it's interesting from somebody who's a, a developer who's someone who's very technical very deep thinking in terms of how i implement things and i want to do things right i want to put the right patterns in place and all of the other stuff i have to avoid all of that and everything's just little scripts here and there that just about cobble together i've got a, an mqtt server here i've got a, a vm here that does something different i've got you know all these little things that are just kind of just about getting the job done you know uh, that breaks my heart. But, but so it's, listen, it's listen. really interesting at the same time because it's totally different from what I'd normally do. And it's it's interesting to get to that point. I, you know, I it I depends on how you look at it. Sorry, Patrick. Go ahead, dear. Yeah, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I find the um, public tech presentations extremely interesting because, after, like, well, as you see it, if everything hopefully goes correctly, everything like you see this beautiful polished product that just works amazingly. Mm -hmm. But what you don't know is that behind all those smoke and mirrors is like basically hundred mockups, hard coded variables, and everything yep. is falling to pieces. What was the anecdote about the presentation of iPhone when Steve Jobs re revealed iPhone? They had some garbage collection memory issues, I believe, <laughs> where basically they couldn't switch the screens. So whenever he would no. like to show different feature, he had to like do a little bit slight of hand and switch phones to show like a different one. <laughs> Whatever it is you have to do. I've still got the Windows 98 reveal blue screen video uh, on the computer. Oh, <laughs> I, you gotta love that. Yeah. So going back to you, Paul, because uh, we can get lost in conversations. You can't feel free to jump in, Paul, at any point. Yes, feel free to just be like, shush, it's my turn. Um, so what got you involved in communities in general? I mean, this is the topic you picked. You are really passionate yes. about this. Yes. So why communities? Why events? Why developer stuff? Why so, anything? Why um, people? Why people, yes. People are nice, most of them at least. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's so, one of the few people who's come on the show and said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, uh, I I started out as being a, a .NET developer, mm -hmm. and I wasn't really enjoying that part of development very much. And then someone said, you know, you should go to this conference for front-end developers. Maybe you like it. And then I went to the conference and I noticed like how the community was, how the people were, and how how much you learn from from each other, and how you how people on stage teach you something valuable in a fun way. And because all the schools I went to, I failed. I saw how much valuable how how valuable this was for me, and also uh, to find like-minded people. And 
after a while being front end developer, I noticed that I, I wanted to have something more small scale, uh, uh, a small scale event in, in the Netherlands. And we had some, but they weren't exactly how I wanted it to be, like just open for everybody and inclusive and um, most of it mostly also in English so that everybody in the Netherlands could join because I think more people speak English here than Dutch if you uh, take Amsterdam, for example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you, sorry, um, I, so you're saying that you, the events you were attending, they weren't inclusive and that's what you wanted. You wanted... Yeah, so they, they were all Dutch language right. and or they were... Um, uh, they didn't have a code of conduct or the, it really felt like it was very white male centered, I okay. think. Mm -hmm. uh, as um, someone who's come up in the industry, I know exactly what he's talking about. We we were <laughs> we were very keen on a code of conduct for our um for our podcast. It's one of the things that Josie and I spoke about at the very, very beginning. Um the code of conduct and something else as well community guidelines uh, we've got mm -hmm. in place we don't have a huge community uh, we are building it slowly you know our, our discord is is getting larger and it's it's lovely it's really is nice to on a daily basis to speak to somebody different and and get their opinions and have a little bit of banter with them and you know we're all posting little daft things in our in our discord and also talking about serious things as well and that's to me yeah. that's where the community aspect comes from it's people who are like-minded and people who who care about what they do to an extent where they've got a fairly strong opinion about it as well and i found that when i was in the game dev side of things the game dev community specifically especially the indie game dev community it was it just so welcoming it really was and i, I loved that unfortunately i'm not even a mm. slight part of that anymore and i wish i was but i don't develop a game now so it's it's not too hard to get involved hashtag indie dev hour on yes, twitter of course um of course i still have quite a few contacts from because i love indie devs uh, and, and stuff like that and hello and vina thank you so much for joining another person from the netherlands <laughs> one of our community members um but yes it's interesting to me because when i first started going to conventions and things like that it was the best way to put it was it felt like a bloody mess like unorganized not very laid out very well or at least that's what it, it felt like and it might have been because uh at the time you know doing everything online wasn't like expected i mean i've been in this industry for a long time i'm an old lady um so yeah but i have noticed over the years that the need for some kind of code of conduct is needed or some kind of rules of engagement almost because if you have uh for example some of the things that i've i've participated in microsoft focused linux focused trying to go to one or the other don't die on us paul <laughs> I, I mentioned two things and all of a sudden yeah, he, he got linux and cancer is showing sorry <laughs> uh, but yes, it's, it's um, you know, you start getting into, uh, even in today's day and age where we, we will joke and we'll say, yeah, so what's your programming language? You know, I do Angular. Well, I focus in Node. Well, I do, you know, insert JavaScript flavor of the month here. Mm -hmm. 
or someone goes, well, that's not really coding because you're not doing things at assembly. You know, like there's, it, it goes back to the episode of when my husband came on us v them, you know, there, there, I've seen that. So having some kind of guidelines in place for how you should interact with people to me, I think it's best if everyone kind of just, and bless you, husband of mine, um, don't know if his sneeze came across, yes, but did. I think it would be cool <laughs> if everyone sort of followed the, you know, things like DEF CON sort of code of conducts and stuff like, I think don't mess with your friend's PCs, don't you, log you, in unless you really want people to mess with you. Know? You know, guys, 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 I, I, I got a, I got to take something out of my chest. Uh, I got a confession to make. Uh, oh, so no. oh, it's a Patrick confession. Watch <laughs> it. Is this, is this something that we need to have bleeped out so we all don't end up in trouble? Possibly, uh, but it's I'll play not the confession music underneath it when I'm doing okay. the edit. Okay, so essentially, <laughs> um, there is one conference that I haven't mentioned, which was uh, one way or the other, I ended up on banking and finance uh, conference as uh, at least oh, no. not. Well, yes, and oh. the, be the best part of it was I actually was official Israeli bank representative um, somehow. So, like, it's a very long story how I got to that point. But, like, when you say about, like, inclusive events, very Wilmer-centric, and, like, you say that about game dev and development, I get that you guys have a point, but you haven't seen how bad it can go. Oh, yeah. Like, well, wow. you know, I mean, it, <laughs> things have changed. You, things have changed. You enter a venue. I mean, that conference was a year ago. <laughs> so, you enter a venue. You being uh, greeted by... Uh, basically topless, uh, really nice looking women. Um, mm -hmm. They were technically wearing bikini, but technicality is a very strong order. Um, basically, everyone was on coke and there was so much cocaine in toilets that you could just basically swap your finger and get high. And like, it was pretty funny because like you see all those people in like, business suits and they just walk and... <laughs> they just, just constantly do that. Like, so, game development. Honestly, not that bad. <laughs> and, you know, like, and no. general development. <laughs> that, that, let's be clear, that wow. probably wasn't development. That was probably a business uh, um, environment or a sales <laughs> environment. In, yeah, in... the one that I was, yeah. It was 100% yeah. finance, banking, high, you know. That... That, that, that's, that's wonderful. Like, yeah. it, it's... I think, personally, and over the years that I have seen conventions, they have changed. There was the good old days where when you wanted to go check out cars, you had your car babes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sort of an equal opportunityist kind of person. If there are car babes, I want to see car guys. Uh, yeah, look, like, I'm the same. Know, I want to see the men draped over cars. If you're going to put women up, like if you're going to do that, just be equal opportunity. When, when that, I... that, ro robots, even let's oh, fuck get some you, robots stretched out. Jeez, so if awesome. I add a, a naked I... model mod to Skyrim, I make sure I also add the naked males as well as the naked females. You know, <laughs> like, I'm the same. Exactly. <laughs> honestly, honestly of Skyrim. Yeah. Oh. I would do it for. I would do it for free. I could like pose in speedos. He does like Borat style swimming suit by the cars, leaning over them, slobbering. <laughs> I can, can, you not, though, Patrick, can you not, though, Patrick? Can you not? Gorgeous, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> or visually pleasing on some level. Uh, can we, right, anyway, let's, let's we bring it back so a little bit. We're getting a little bit excited here. Um, one thing that's uh, very interesting, we've almost everybody's mentioned here, is the organization of events. Now, I've, I've found it a, a big turnoff, not necessarily as a speaker, but as somebody who's, who's coming to an event as an attendee, and it's been 
it's not even been organised chaos. It's just been nobody seems to have control. Nobody seems to know. There doesn't seem to be one person who's the leader, even in a group of like three or four people or five people that are running a particular event who have the direction, a schedule, anything like that, you know? And I'm talking about small events here. I'm talking about things that a meetup that somebody thinks they've, they've, they can just throw together. And this is where Paul's original comment of, right, it takes a while to organize an event properly. It's not. Even a small event takes a bit of effort. This is why a lot of small events kind of peter off because the people who are organizing them don't have the time to continue them. Yep. Or they don't I wanna make a. Work. I want to give a little example about what happened recently, for which was like clearly some organizational problem. Um, I think it was last week I went to a conference and uh, they had a, a nice code of conduct and all diversity tickets and everything. And they had uh, gender neutral bathrooms. Okay. So I thought, okay, that's very nice. So during one of the breaks, I went to the gender neutral bathrooms and I was said, no, this is for women only. I'm like, hmm. And then I said, well, the sign there above you says gender neutral. They're like, no, no, this one is just for women. You have to go to the other bathroom. I'm like, okay. okay. It's the other that's, kind of gender that's, neutral. That's very weird. So I went to one of the people that I thought were in charge and they said, oh yeah, um, I don't really know what to do about that. Okay. So. And they had like a t-shirt song with like the, the, the organization, the, the conference name and staff underneath it. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to do now. So I uh, posted it on Twitter, which is sometimes not always the best thing to do, but <laughs> at least I know that it got, got out. And then I realized that I wasn't talking, talking to the organizers of the conference. I was talking to the staff of the venue. Mm. who were not really instructed what to do when someone had a complaint. And this was, uh, or what to do with the gender neutral bathrooms, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So this was basically like, you have a lot of people in one of the, in, in your organization, a lot of people that needs to know what should go, what should happen. You have a sort of a clear line of escalation. Uh, yeah. Escalation. Yeah. And they weren't really aware of what to do, or at least the people that I spoke to were really aware of what to do. Yeah. And um, that's that's one of the things that even even at small conferences you have to you, you can set up a code of conduct, but what should your your crew how small it is do when when it, it's being broken or something like that? That's, right. Uh, yeah, I think that the the that's also one of the harder things at at these conferences and these small meetups, uh, like just instru just taking care of your staff and know what they should do and the neat that uh, when you said um wearing t-shirts and things like that you know with uh, staff written on them that, that sparked a memory um i used to be a an administrator for a land party many many years ago when i was quite young um i wasn't i didn't wasn't a head administrator or anything i was just kind of a, a volunteer um and that kind of taught me quite a lot about events because if somebody came somebody came to me because i had a t-shirt on that said staff and they needed an answer and if i could provide the answer i would if i couldn't i'd go and speak to the relevant people and they might be busy doing something and then i go and speak to somebody else and I'd try and find the answer and go directly back to the person and you know and give them the answer mm. they needed a lot of the time it was just how do i connect the you know the internet how do i get onto the switch well you a... don't at certain conventions <laughs> because it's just like 
connecting on like a 24k it is it can get really really bad I we've mean, had a question come in from yeah. chat from Ui90. I'm totally, probably, totally destroying that name. He was here last week, and I couldn't. I thought she. it was we or she. Um, she. She says read it however you want. Okay, <laughs> I'm. I'm just going to call her Awesome Ninety because that's just an easy <laughs> way to remember it. Um, but she asks. Um, not in relation to what Patrick was talking about, you know, the whole cocaine thing. You mentioned how inclusive the events are. How many people exactly have you estimated were at the biggest events you have ever been to? And I can give you right off the bat one event that I have been to that was close to 500,000 people. A music events, massive. I mean, I've been to one in... Um... I'm not even counting Woodstock yeah, yeah. 94 that I attended, might I add. Wait, that what? Interesting. Wait, what? You were on the original fucking Woodstock 94, not 69, darling. I'm not that old. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I, I had no idea. Jossie, you look phenomenal for like being 90. Jesus. How do you do that? So, I mean, the biggest, the biggest event... I'm being Britishly rude I've... to him, for those of you who are not able to watch us live, giving him the two fingers of salute. The, the biggest the event that I've ever been to is a music event, and that has been 800,000 people across a week, um, and that's Ziggert Festival in Hungary. But in terms of tech events or geeky events, it's been the games things, and, and I can't, I couldn't tell you how many people. It's just been absolutely rammed, you know, and it's been... Tens of thousands, probably. You know, I can't. I can't think. But I didn't talk at any of those. Uh, I've never talked at a big event like that myself. I I think it's interesting. One of the hardest things, and I speak as the person who tries to find the amazing individuals who come on to our show. Um, the hardest thing is finding the people to talk. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> so many people in our industry, regardless of whether they've been involved for 20, 30, 40 years, uh, will sit there and go, I don't know enough to talk about a subject. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just like, it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> Pardon me. But at the same time, depending upon the type of event you're putting on, like if you're doing something small, like a meetup group, I, I know so many different meetups that are local, at least where I live here in Leeds. And they're they're small they're tiny and the thing that makes them successful is they're consistent always the same particular tuesday or thursday of a month always at the same time always at the same location always with the same type of topic mm -hmm. but when you start going up into the you know multiple rooms multiple days sometimes even multiple topics within one particular subgenre it starts to get very complicated and complex multiple and then when you get into the game if you think about what happens in the game industry, like, for example, let's take um, Gamescom and uh, Cologne, Germany. They, this is a very consistent, common yearly thing. As someone who has been there as attendee or press, I can tell you there's two sides to that entire convention. There is the public side where everyone who has their tickets goes in and can see the latest, greatest games, you know, be sort of shown everything that goes with it. But then there's an entire section that is completely shut off to them that is only there for the press. And that has things that aren't on the show floor. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I remember, this will make you smile, Patrick, uh, running across a company out of China that were advertising their Chinese military game and things and stuff. And that was a very <laughs> weird, weird set of conversations from, from the press side of stuff. But if you stop and you think, you have not just the public, 
You also have the press. You have the people who are showing up to do displays. You have the people who are going to be in the displays themselves. You have the people who are going to have to deal with the food, the catering, the cleaning. Like, so many things, I think, are not thought about when it comes to... And even if you did, like, a meetup, let's say that we decided to do a DNI stream meetup and we were going to have our own little convention. It would be one whole day long. We'd have lunch taken care of and everything. We still have to worry about um, food, cleanup. Venue. The venue itself. Are we picking the right location? Are we picking the right time? Are we and charging? Are we not charging? And the communication uh, with all of the attendees because everybody will want to know a little, diff little bit of information. Websites. Yeah, and, and then maybe a website. And, and in today's day and age, do you have the phone app? Is your phone app set up so people can just quickly look up what they need to get to and have the directions written there for them? Is that like, there's so many things that have to be taken into account. It's insane. Well, and you, then, can... uh, you have the branding. So you have to print out all your stuff and design all the stuff and scheduling. Training. Scheduling. Yes. Making certain everyone understands what's expected of them. Then, then you need to find the people to advertise to. You need to find the people to speak. And you have to have a backup plan in case someone gets sick. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to make sure that all your speakers are, or some, at least for some conferences, make sure that your speakers are in a hotel, that they're, they have travel and everything, and keep them happy. <laughs> Yeah. And the budget. <laughs> yeah, well, budget yes. to do all that. Have you yeah. ever dealt with somebody, uh, Paul, who has done speaking at one of your events who came with a rider on their contract where they, they're like, we want M&Ms in our <laughs> pre-speaking room and they have to be all green M&Ms, uh, nothing but green M&Ms? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> nothing exactly no. like that, but uh, I, it was I, one of the conferences I organized they also uh we also had like uh music uh at the end of the venue and uh one of the the bands that played they had a writer which just said which type of water they wanted so and how big the bottle should be and that there should always be a full bottle on stage but not more than one so all these That's not kind more of than one yeah. Yes, so so they wanted a bottle in a specific spot. If the bottle was <laughs> empty, a new bottle should be there immediately. It's See, I've heard of, like, for example, as the awesome 90 has pointed out in chat, she said, I seriously thought mostly Beyonce did that, and that was an urban legend. It's not. Nope. Writers are actually a very common thing. There are some incredibly famous uh, rock and roll bands where that had writers to make certain that you actually read their contract. Yeah. So it wasn't that they were, you know, only wanting to have green M&Ms and only green M&Ms. It was just, did you read what our safety provisions were? Because that's part of the writer as well. So, for example, um, you might have someone who speaks who uses a wheelchair to move around in. And part of their writer might be, I need a room mm -hmm. that is wheelchair accessible. I need um, to have uh, certain things present in the room at a certain level to make certain I'm able to reach them. And I need green M&Ms and only green M&Ms. And if they show up to wherever it is that they're waiting and they don't see the green M&Ms, they can stop and go, I don't think they've covered all of the safety concerns I might have. So there are some who add yeah. writers just to be dicks, mm. mind you. And then there are some who do it as part of a way to ensure that 
um, whatever accessibility needs or safety needs they have as part of what they do, whether it's their speaking or they have to bring a technology with them, like they need that technology locked up because it's a prototype. Like all of those things also are usually included in riders as well. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to events, security becomes. I think <laughs> in recent years, security became much more concerned. Physical security. I'm talking just like you know yeah. the security personnel simply because um, some people decided that it's a good idea to take our internet flame wars and make them reality so maybe it's not as common in um, in europe but instead in states there were gaming events or some cultural events gaming adjacent which had bomb threats called on them oh, they yeah. were swatted there was uh, a guy who was a part who was shot yeah and all he was was just a gaming figure he, I can't remember whether it was Smash Brothers or Fortnite or something, but there was somebody who was shot. There were guns pulled at a gaming expo thing. It, it's just silly. Bizarre. But again, these are things that have to be considered when you're actually looking at doing an event. So I have a question for you, Paul. Hmm. Sure. Oh, no, go ahead, Chris, if you've got something. Well, I, was, I wasn't going to ask a question. Of, I, I, basically, I was going to try and redirect us to um, communities because we've talked a lot about events and about how, how events mm. are uh, formed and what kind of things happen at events and how difficult they are to, to create. But we haven't talked about why events are necessary, really. And that's, to me, it's because of the community and because of the people that are involved. And there's so yeah. many different sizes of community as well. Uh, so many different types of community you've got. I mean... I don't know, Paul. Do you want to? Do you want to? This a reason that you got into the into events is because of the community, isn't it? Yeah. So there is like communities and sub communities, of course. So there's for for me the the overall front end developer community was very attractive, but like the there the front end community within the Netherlands and uh, for me it was very very good to see like minded people within my close area and that I could just talk to when I go to these events. So events, not just the, the, the talks, the, the topics that were spoken there were important, but also the, the whole social aspects to all of it and the feeling of being part of something. Hmm. I think that is uh, that you're that you're not alone in the whole thing. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, development can be a lonely, a lonely place. Specifically, I mean, yeah. I think development more than most of the other disciplines within the IT world, at least. Anyway, I mean, network admin, maybe you know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, come on, like you cannot beat out system admin. Like most of the time, <laughs> those people are in basements and no one even know they exist. But like, then you the, cannot beat that. <laughs> then you've got all the other the other jobs: the BAs, the PMs, the uh, the QAs, the the. Uh, DevOps, even DevOps, I suppose, yeah. They're all no. quite people-focused, Yeah, all of those. And then you've got developers and sysadmins and not much else that I can think that is very... can be a lonely thing because unless we're talking about doing uh, mm. pair, paired programming or we're doing uh, working in tight-knit teams on a particular feature or in an agile environment, you can be siloed and you can be... Um, left to Forgotten your own devices about. yeah, yeah. Or not necessarily i, 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 I mean, believe it, you have my stapler <laughs> yeah <laughs> i also, I also know a lot of people that that they just want to be in that silo because otherwise they cannot develop productively that's true it I, is I, that is one of the reasons why i like doing what i do i like being able to go 
It's great and all that you want to talk to me, but I actually want to get the project done now. So shush, my email is closed. If there is an alert, I'll get a notification. Other than that, shut up and leave me alone. But to I me, that's <laughs> this is exactly why communities and events. I'm saying I'm not saying that every developer is the same. Of course they're not. But mm. that's why communities and events, communities specifically, are important. Whether it's a community on Twitter or it's a community that you go to a meetup uh, every Thursday or something, it's because you are going to speak to people. Uh, I and mean, this is why I do the networking, or rather did the networking. I've actually quit the networking group that I was part of uh, as of this week um, for, for various reasons, but it's it's essentially not a development networking group. It's a business networking group. So it's very different. I'm, I'm in a group of people who aren't like-minded, who have got very different focuses, and they don't really understand what I do or really care mm. that much, to be fair. You know, that it, it's not it's not their world. I am absolutely passionate about what I do and most of the people that do business networking I'm not saying they're not passionate some of them are absolutely definitely they're doing it as a it's a job you know a lot of the time and sometimes they're sent by their employer as well and they're sent by somebody whereas mm. the meetups and the events that we're talking about are elective events things that we want to or to and we want to either consume information or we want to um, pick up, pick someone's brains, or even just spend some time around somebody who, who has the same love or a similar love to what we do, you know. And that's that's for me is what why I go to these events. I'm right there with you. I mean, when I first started going to any kind of event or community event or anything involving anything, it was because I was desperate to learn and connect. I I needed I'm. I'm a people person. I mean, as much as we joke that people suck, uh, the reality is I, I love people and I like meeting new people. I like learning from them. I like seeing what I can through their eyes. You know, I like to see what it makes them excited and makes them passionate. But for me, when I first started, it was, I have a topic that I'm interested in. There are people who have knowledge. It's free. They do pizza. It's supplied. I'll go. Let's see what happens. And very slowly, I, I've noticed there's different, there's active events and community events, and then there's passive events and community events. Uh, one of the ones that I stopped going to, but I, that I went to for a while was for writers, people who write novels or uh, sci-fi or nonfiction or short stories or comics, but it was writing and it took place, again, it's a small thing, at the same place every month, the second Tuesday of every month, at the same place at the same time, and people would show up, not a word was said to anybody, but you just sat down, your laptop or your tablet got open, coffee was delivered to you and you typed but you were around people doing what you did mm -hmm. it was only after that event when you went to the local pub that talking existed so there was almost like a purposeful driven passive quality to the event no one wanted you to say hello because they were right in the middle of thought and when new people joined and you were already there you're like please don't say hi please don't say hi i need to remember what my character is saying shut up like there's there's a thing, but it was explained in advance. So you didn't sit there going, nobody likes me. It's like, no, hmm. everybody is writing. People were at their pads and pens. They'd stop, tap, they'd go back to writing. Like It was like being in a creative maelstrom. It was really fascinating and wonderful, and I got a lot of writing done. But yeah. So how do you find these events? Oh, which ones? 
Well, <laughs> that, that right there is, is, is a key thing. Mm. Some events I've discovered because someone said, hey, have you heard about this? It's just someone I knew. And I'd be like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, well, you should totally come. I'm like, okay, cool. Others I've actively sought out. And others I'm just like, I got an email about something. What? What's this? <laughs> Huh. For, for me, I've I've yeah. I have had to actively find every event that I've I've went to, and you know I'm now subscribed to a few uh, lists. I don't do that many events, but I wish I could do more. Unfortunately, where mm. I live is twenty or thirty miles away from the the in fact fifty miles away from the closest event hub, um, and it's quite Birmingham? a distance. <laughs> uh, well, Manchester specifically, it's I mean Manchester, Birmingham, those are some uh, Leeds is another great one, but. It, uh, Basically, the main cities, you know, uh, Preston has yeah. got a little bit going on, but it's most of the things that I'm seeing are all marketing events and SEO events. And th yes, they're interesting. And yes, I can go and speak to some techies, but they're not as, they're more, again, more business focused, more looking at, uh, at what, how to improve your business. Whereas I want to go and I want to engage with other techies, even if I'm at a, an official event run by a recruitment company or something where they're trying to get business. It's a business event, but it's run by, oh, it's the, the, t the speakers are techies and the attendees are all techies. Mm -hmm. And then when there's a Q&A, I'm usually the first person, I'm the idiot at the back that everybody looks at and goes, I wanted to go home after this, but I'm I'm asking all the questions and trying to engage and get some back and forth going and in, in that kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's, there's there's one thing that struck me uh, when you guys were, were talking about like you know local defan, uh, events, discovering events, marketing your event, getting people and stuff like that. And the one thing that I <clears throat> like Facebook gets gets a lot of hate on this podcast, uh, not without a cause. Like there is there are many causes to hate. She's doing Facebook. that face again. <clears throat> she is, <laughs> but I'm gonna ignore it. Uh, one thing that Facebook really did well was the the whole idea of local events and discoverability of events, because there are there were quite a bit of little small things that happened in Cyprus that I had no idea about, if not the fact that there are you know groups and events and it all gets sort of suggested and that algorithm kind of works a bit, maybe sort of like it's not horrible piece of shit, for example. So you know. Having having a one place where you can go and you can see, you can either like, you know, I want all the game dev events for entire Barcelona, or I want all the game dev events and also some art events within a 50 mile radius of me or something like that. I think it's a great tool. I think it's a great thing. And this is something sorely needed. This sort of, as much as I hate centralization, I think centralization in that regard would really help. This reminds how this, are you gonna get your award out? This reminds me of that XKDC uh, standardization uh, <laughs> thing, uh, where the comic, where um, basically, oh, there's a stat that we we need a standard that everybody's going to like. We need an app that everybody's going to use to to create events on, and then Meetup.com gets created, and then Eventbrite.com gets evaded, yeah. and then because Facebook's not good enough, or Facebook's not you know, appropriate or it's not the discoverability is not good enough. And then they've all got their own problems. There's never yeah. going to be one place for all of this. I wouldn't want there to be one place to be perfectly honest, because <sighs> remember that we strive for convenience. though, don't we these days, we do strive for convenience, but here's the thing. When you start getting a monopoly, monopolies can be very easily, um, 
fact manipulated. With. Yes. Yeah, look at Google. You know, look at Google yeah. and its uh, its its yeah. search results. To, to me, I like the idea there being multiple different things. I mean, I, at this current moment in time, how I find out about events are the following: I get a little thing from Meetup that says, "Hey, there are these insert keyword events occurring." In this area, you've asked for this information. Here you go. Yep. Eventbrite does pretty much sort of the same thing. There's also some very key newsletters that I follow um, uh, when I'll throw out their delicious brains. I love them. Um, and they have so much information about WordPress and about um, hosting and about programming and coding and other things that go with it. And they will uh, send out a newsletter that will occasionally say, here are the really cool events that are happening that can impact what you do in this particular world. And it included, you know, PHP events that were coming up. Uh, like, that to me is the only other places, like not just their newsletter, but other places that I follow or uh, uh, companies that I follow will send a newsletter and be like, hey, this coming up in 2016, here are all the events you need to know. Except it's not 2016, but you know what I mean. I also read it. Time travel, by the sounds of it. Yes, but also read it. Right. Reddit. I never found events on Reddit. Uh, yeah, I struggle I to find anything on relevant on Reddit. Is there like a sub subreddit for it or something? Like how do you even... Reddit's just the, a polite internet to me reddit is is the i don't know how but subreddit i don't know what subreddits you're on i know but i know whenever but, i read yeah. it I, f I find that the discussions on reddit are, are usually really quite productive oh. in comparison oh, to most other political one did you <laughs> you should uh order by controversial and then they're not that productive anymore <laughs> is there a no. controversial order no, that, that's the only yes, they're like the best comments i mean but see that's the thing <laughs> Like, for example, on Reddit, there's indie game dev um, and things like that. There is just subreddits for the very specific topics that you're fascinated in. Chris, there's one for guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm getting into succulents. This is my new obsession, which I'm starting up. So Very nice subreddit. I, I, I love succulents. Oh, my God. Some uh, I, I'm going to have some, like, I have three succulents coming away. Two of them are already flowering. I'm dying. But anyway, so you find the topics that you're interested in. And... Even if you sit back and do nothing, you might see someone go, hey, I was just at this event for succulents, for Unity, for JavaScript, for whatever. And you stop and you go, I didn't know that event existed. What is it? I got like nothing else to do. I'm sitting on the pot like you're supposed to when you look at Reddit. And you go through and you go, huh, that's something I'll just put into my little brain and I know that it exists now. Mm. I think so, uh, being in the UK helps for that. Because yes. I don't. There's not a lot of people that say, "Hey, I went to the Netherlands and yeah. went to this uh, event." Interestingly enough, at least for me, when I'm looking at places, people will say, like for example, when we were first talking before we went live, Paul, I was like, "Are, are you going to that big event that they've got? I think it's for PHP that's going to be taking place in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam in particular, if I remember correctly." And it's because I am aware of the fact that it's going on simply because of the different places I get my outlets. But holy cow, time! Mm, Wait, yes. already? Jesus, already? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is now time for our RTFM, which is a section where we talk about things that have annoyed us, usually in the week, but it can be, for our guest, it can be anything that particularly annoys you. Um, I actually don't have one this week. I can't think of anything. Oh, I've had a bad week, but it's not really an RTFM-y week. <laughs> I can't really complain about it, if you know what I mean. Um, 
Paul, as our guest, do you have anything to that grinds your gears, that well, gets on your nerves? Codex. Codex. Video codex, audio codex, everything related to that. I'm, I'm working with uh, a video conferencing software, and every time a new version of iOS comes out or whatever, then they updated the codex ever so slightly that, for example, today some iOS 10.2 uh, on Chrome didn't work with Firefox on Android because somewhere an update went and they screwed up the codex and they didn't work together anymore. I don't, I'm not sure why. I don't, I don't, I'm not in that world, but I don't know why. Just, we're just playing a video. It's just showing yes. the same thing on the screen. It doesn't change what I'm seeing. Oh, Patrick. I mean, yes. there are, there are, you know, always ways to optimize and compress things differently and do it slightly better. And maybe you're gonna, you know, gain, uh, like, uh, because the, 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 at least, I mean, Paul, maybe, you know, more, you definitely know more about the topic, but at least the one that I'm familiar with is that there is always a huge fight whenever there's like a, you know, new codec, like, you know, H when H265 came out, just before that, there was like huge fight about what is the most important thing. Is it uh, the file size? Is it the quality? Is it the rendering time? And every single, like, and there are multiple people who deal with video and deal with, uh, and do video rendering that each of them have completely different needs and codec somehow has to do it all. Which is impossible, and then, so... And then you also have uh, patents on the codecs. So which codec is free and which is not. And mm -hmm. so that's why yeah. H.265 and H.264 doesn't really work. So now they're all going to VP8 or hopefully very soon to AV1. And there's... AV1, geez, oh, flippo. Wow. <laughs> Like having having done all of that stuff, I, I my heart breaks for you. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. Like I really am. <laughs> oh, I'm for me. Luckily... It's like oh, you need a video on your website. Well, you can either embed it from YouTube or create a tiny little webm. We'll yeah, be fine. That's all I care about, really. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's all I have to worry about. And then, uh, like oh well, that just goes on. But yes. Well, I said let's Patrick? just all do GIF. Let's just all do GIF. Um, but then you can or, between GIF or GIF. Or A, P, and G, which is basically <laughs> Animated better. Animated P and G. Yeah, good point. I mean, the, the, the GIF was extremely sarcastic because I love, as, as a graphical artist, I love GIFs. Like, there is, there is no word I, in the language I created of a GIF today to send to a, a vendor because I was like, this is what my console, this, this particular console is spewing out at the moment. Here you go. Because I couldn't, I don't know, I was, it was just the quickest way to do it. So I attached a GIF yeah. to an email. But yes. And I thought that we don't pronounce it GIF or GIF, but pronounce it in a Dutch way, which would be GIF. <laughs> that's that's the way I'm gonna pronounce it now, and also it's gonna be graphical interface. Yes. <laughs> God no. <laughs> okay, Patrick, do you have any RTFM? Uh, I don't because my life is amazing and beautiful and full of roses and petals. Aww. 
I actually have one. This is a common thing. Uh, my RTFM is if you're going to allow people to have access to their DNS records so that they can update their DNS records, can you please make certain that you explicitly specify if you're building an interface that is completely different than allowing them to have actual access to the records so that they can make a, you know the changes themselves, whether or not you accept 1024 or 2048 when it comes to key sizes for to mark settings and to Kim settings and things like that. Okay, thanks, please. Well, I, I have that exact problem when I'm trying to update the DNS records. And not just that, whenever you add a, a, a slightly more obscure DNS record on my current hosts, current DNS hosts, I don't host the website on there anymore, um, DNS uh, control panel just disappears. It sticks, it's it's in the record, it's just disappeared and you can't delete it, you can't edit it, you can't modify it, you can't add a new one and overwrite it, it's just, it's there and you have to ring the hosts up and ask them to change it. I would be so annoyed by that because I'd be sitting there digging those records trying to make certain that everything was present because a, a simple screw up can turn your mail into spam on somebody's well, server or be blocked. Specifically. A simple screw up could end up with you with DNS poisoning and like mm -hmm. it's, it's you know, this is why yeah. I'm, I'm moving slowly all of my domains onto uh, onto another hot provider because it's just hideous. Uh, well, I highly recommend domains one place, DNS control another place. Uh, well, yes, that's what I'm doing. That's my my thinking or my my suggestion, but that's that's just me. That's, anyway. I, that's, that's what I currently do. But anyway, yes, digress. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We are now at the end of our show. A very very big oh. thank you. I do, oh, I do have an RTFM. I do oh, have an RTFM. Wow. I, wow. I, I, this week, um, I spent a lot of time in a hospital, uh, an NHS mm. hospital, So, because I'm in the UK. Now, I, if anybody has ever uh, been frustrated by the NHS um, and basically communication problems, the reason for this, I've, I've done quite a bit of work with people in the IT world in NHS as well. And the reason for this is because they've got lots of different systems that all do the same thing in slightly different ways. And the records aren't centralized in any way, shape or form. Now, I, we, we were, um, my wife was ad admitted to hospital this, this week and we had to fill in. No, we didn't fill in. The nur two different nurses filled in two different admittance forms, which are the exact same thing, but in two different departments. They filled in three forms for a particular scan that she needed doing, and they filled in four or six forms, all the same form, by the way, for another scan that she had to do. Now, this is a Wait, was it at least was it at least digital, or was it nope. actually on? And then wow. I saw, because I, I was peering you around. You know, they in inputted that later into PC, yep. right? And like, then oh. the record was lost. And there's, I don't know if they were lost. It's just that there's no communication between the departments. Now, even just within one department, this happened as well. There was two forms that were filled in in two different places. And then, as you said, it then had to be entered into a computer later on, which I don't know if it's been done or not yet, because there's probably uh, an administrative office that does that later on down the line. It's a process thing. Now, this is my RTFM that I am... I'm not... Well, I love... I think the NHS is absolutely wonderful, right? I think individually, everybody is brilliant. They all know exactly what they're doing, most of them anyway, you know, and they're, they're great at the job. And we, we don't get it for free, but we, we, you know, we essentially are covered if there is a, an event that occurs. Mm. And they've all individually been brilliant. When, when my wife was on a ward, she was 
treated like a princess you know she every every whim was kind of she doesn't have many whims because she's she doesn't doesn't request much of people but it was brilliant green but, m&ms damn it yeah, green yeah. m&ms um, <laughs> but it was it was a great it was a wonderful kind of uh, treatment but the actual processes that are in place i don't i do understand why it is but please for the love of god can you just get somebody in like myself who's a consultant who can come in and can optimize look and stand on the floor and watch what the nurses are doing and watch what the doctors are doing on a daily basis and just get just get i don't know i don't know why they can't do this they've got so much money as well they don't have oh, a deficit of money that's that's fuck it that's, fuck it guys, that's, guys i no 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 wait wait no what? no 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 no, no. here's my shoot, shoot. here's my official <laughs> offer to british nhs i will pay you 500 British pounds only so that I can get in there and put a torch to this fucking mess because what Chris described is like it's so horrible it's beautiful it, no, round, it's... it rolls back and it's just it, it's a wonder it should be like your entire system of administration should be gathered together and put into museum for future generation just like we do with our holocaust uh, holocaust uh, you know monuments as an example to future generation oh. what to not fucking do so oh, the, yes. the, the other slight yeah. the other slight problem i have with it is the communication between people individually but also between the patients and the the staff they don't give you an update as to where you're going to be next they've already made the decision and I, and I know sometimes they can't tell you until a certain form has been filled in or certain procedures took place but i had to chase people a number of times we were in a e for 11 hours the first day and then we got sent home because I went in and I asked them to send us home because we were we were just sat there doing nothing for hours and hours and hours, and I wanted an appointment. They couldn't book an appointment because there was no process for it. Um, and then when we, they eventually told us we had an appointment that could be booked, we came in at nine o'clock the, the following morning to A and E and had to go through the entire process again, entire triage process again because they hadn't booked an appointment. They just said it to kind of appease us. We weren't complaining. We were just asking for an update. That's all it is, you know. I'm a very calm person. So. Well, see, this 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 is interesting. I have a sister-in-law who works in the NHS. Uh, she's one of the administrators. Like she she knows how the processy things work and tries to make them better. I also know, and Noam.mo, by the way, points out NHS employee here. It's manic. And not even kidding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will state, no matter how bad it is, it is improving. Yes. It is drastically improving. Um, and some of the things that we might throw small hissy fits about may be done on purpose. Example, um, one of the things that I've had to do, because I've had my health issues well here, is I have gone over to a particular place where certain tests had to be do used. You cannot use computers in the room where the test was being done because of the types of machines that were being used. Mm -hmm. So yeah. pencil and paper had to be done. You know, there are certain considerations that have to be made, but at the same time... There is a solution the, to would, a lot of the they, problems. They're, they're working with ancient processes and things like that and trying to bring them up to date. On that, really are. I have insider information, and I won't obviously name Ooh. any names or mention any names, that the NHS have more money than they know what to do with. 
However, most of that money is invested in legacy systems and legacy processes that are not fit for purpose in 2019. And the problem is, is they are so busy most of the time. I also have another story around that. (laughs) Um, We are not going into an NHS bashing show. No, I'm not bashing them. That's the thing is, I want to be very clear that I absolutely... Can we? No. Sometimes? Sometimes? It is absolutely wonderful. It's a wonderful system in the uh, system, the wrong word for it. It's it's wonderful that we've got it. You know, we've got socialized yeah. healthcare and we are covered in the event of a catastrophic uh, family emergency. And it's brilliant that we've got, we don't have the same problems as we, a lot of other countries have. And we, are, we you know, true. it's wonderful to have that and it's that peace of mind, but the processes need, desperately Love. need investing in desperately even if you just get someone to look at one hospital at a time you know or a company to go in maybe not a company maybe an individual to go in and look at what's going i was just stood i was stood in the middle of the a and e department um while they ran off and did things based on my query and i just i observed so many little processes that can be improved so many cost savings you know you know there is only one thing i will complain dead about when it comes to nhs and then we're ending this. Yes, sorry. <laughs> the fact that so many NHS um, offices, hospitals, et cetera, are in ancient buildings. Mm-hmm. So for you to go from one like department to another, you end up walking down these tiny, very strange, narrow hallways, going half up and like a floor here, going down a ramp here, because it's really old, archaic buildings. And... There's a, a a a local NHS hospital here, uh, Pendleton's Penderton Penderfields or something like that. It's gorgeous and it works because it was designed for purpose. Mm. You walk in and you know where you need to go, and it's actually really easy to well, get around for the next like, ten years uh-huh. until they cobble something else on the edge of it. And that's I mean that's what my local yeah. hospital is. It's well, just one yeah, big corridor that that's got okay loads of things. Anyway, yes, let's it, have an it's NHS hodgepodge. show. It's, 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 it's a smorgasbord <laughs> yeah. and a hodgepodge. It's a real, real life spaghetti goat. Yeah. You know what? The NHS could deal with an event coordinator, right? Absolutely. Right? Go take it right back to events. <laughs> yes, we're now officially at the end of our show. A very big thanks to all of you who joined us live. And Vina, it was lovely to see you. And 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 she definitely feels your salt, Patrick. <laughs> um, just so that you know. A big one to Awesome90, who we have renamed because we're not quite certain how to best say your name. Gnome.mo, lovely to see you as well. And I know there's others of you lurking. I see you, but it's lovely to have you here. Indeed, yes. And uh, come visit us. Come visit our website, www.dnistream.live. Uh, you can find links to our Discord, our Twitter, our... don't have a Facebook, and we never will have a Facebook. Um, no. <laughs> and you can use the, con- uh, the website to contact us for any reason. If you want to be a guest on the show, you want to uh, suggest a topic, or, or even have a moan at us. Uh, if you've got a moan about the NHS, please contact us on... <laughs> <laughs> If you have an idea how to improve NHS, contact us. Uh, yes, because we can so do something about it. We could. We really could. Uh, not with that attitude, we can't. And, you know, speaking of attitudes, uh, there are many. I Go was. Ahead. Like, Find I, your I, like, place. 
You can yeah, do I it. Was, no, I was thinking how to make the segue. Like, I started <laughs> the segue. The segue was working. The segue was going. And then it crashed. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, speaking of things that do not crash, uh, you know, being a dev uh, podcast, we actually have source code for our website, which is not crashing, uh, on github.com slash documentation not included. Um, so, you know, for anyone interested, uh, come along, check it out, contribute, be chat Chris, or, you know, stuff like that. Or Raise even learn, learn.net or Angular. Can I, can I make it look a little bit like my website? Uh, you, you can, yes. Do a you fork, and please. We you forgot. Know what? We... Here, here's what we should totally do, because for those of you who are just joining us are not aware of this, his personal website is absolutely killer, and he has to give the e-address out He's again. going to. I'm, I'm just about to let him do that, Josie. So, but so... I want him to do a reskin of our site so that we can randomly have it show up. <laughs> style the way he thinks would be really cool you know the marquee maybe some trailing on the mouse and i think it would be fantastic to have that just randomly appear on occasion not always well, just can, see what happens could do something maybe like you could also uh, get a dot tk uh, version so that we can also just redirect them to that Ooh. <laughs> Maybe I should That's also set up Gopher and get that stuff going yes. as well. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. So, Paul, yes, thank you very much for being our guest. Thank you for being silent for most of the uh, podcast and letting us talk <laughs> over you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for being silent, but no, you, I really enjoyed it. You've been a wonderful guest. You've uh, given us lots to talk about, lots of insight, and uh, we really do hope to have you back again. If you'd like to pimp anything, uh, your personal website, is in, in fact, or anything else, your company, or any, any projects that you're working on at the moment, please feel free. Yes, of course. Um... Yeah, well, my personal website is paulvm.com, as uh, I should give you a little bit of an epilepsy warning. So there's that. Um, yeah, so uh, I, yeah, I work at Confrere. We do uh, uh, video conferencing mostly for doctors. If you're in Norway or somewhere in Scandinavia and you want your doctor to use it, just tell them because <laughs> <laughs> that will be the best thing. <laughs> And we're I also actually know Tepe, one of our listeners, is from Norway. Oh, great. Well, um, that's, that's just, he should go to our, our their doctor then and just tell them to use Confrere and so they can do just video consulting, which saves a lot of time. And we're also looking for developers, okay. just, just a little bit, so full stack developers. If you want to do JavaScript, just come to us. If you want to... Rant about Codex. Just come to us. <laughs> <laughs> and is it is it .dot net uh, backend stuff? It is uh, fully JavaScript. Node.js. Oh, Node uh, in the background. The back yes. Oh, nice. NPN. Power. Yes. I gotta say, I am extremely annoyed at the fact that on your website, the the text, uh, the title moves horizontally opposed to the mouse <laughs> and vertically with it. Like yeah. either one way or the other. Come on, don't mix but... it up. It there was actually a bug and I just left it in. <laughs> it's a copy it's and pasted feature. it. It's yes. a feature, right? You copied and pasted it from yes. dhtml.com. It's what we used to do yes. back in the GeoCities day. Uh, yeah, and indeed, yes. That uh... was a very nice website. But it's uh, my website is loaded with new features like local storage because it also has a uh, uh, like leave your message here, which just leaves it on your computer. Yeah, so. <laughs> and a, and a counter that resets itself every time you uh, 
every time you come back on the website, I noticed. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if you refresh, it just adds up. So it's also local storage. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, every time you clear your session, it's, uh, it starts Then again. it's gone again, yeah. It's very, it's wonderful. Oh. It's a wonderful, wonderful sight to behold. Oh, well, thank absolutely all of you amazing individuals for joining us here at Documentation Not Included. We hope for those of you who are not able to join us this week and those of you who did, that we'll see you next week, Thursday, 7 p.m. UK time. I'm not going to be sitting there going GMT, British, or whatever, because screw it. I'm just going to say it's UK time. <laughs> I've decided <laughs> that. But hopefully we'll see you here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash DNI stream. Notice! I won't be around for the next two weeks, my friends. I will be leaving you awesome people in the capable hands of Chris and Patrick. Indeed. I am doing this thing called Vascashock. Holly, 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 Holodeck. Oh, me too. Next two weeks. Leaving in a week. <laughs> oh, well, I, I am actually taking a vacation. Uh, a friend of mine is coming to visit for I mean, almost two weeks total. And I plan on getting stuck into some really cool stuff. Unfortunately, the axe throwing place isn't going to be open till May. So I'll get involved <laughs> in that in May. Uh, we do have a guest for next week as well. Um, not They have confirmed. And um, it's, uh, it's a guy uh, from one of the LAN parties events that I uh, attend or have attended in the past. Um, mm -hmm. And we will be talking about virtualization, specifically education or university education around virtualization because he's doing a degree at the moment. So I'm quite looking forward to that. That'll be interesting. I actually have gotten uh, my, degree, my degree by attending classes online, and right. I've also done it by going into physical location. So it's is a it, shame that I won't be around. Is it education about virtualization or virtualization of education? It is education about the virtualization. Uh, so it's of... about virtual machines and yes. not about learning through internet. That's uh, right, yes, yes. As far as I understand, anyway, I've only had a very brief talk. It could be them, recursive but... for all we know. Yes, <laughs> Um, it's, uh, I, it's, says, it's, it's me. Yeah, it's Norm. I wasn't sure if it was Norm or not because I, I didn't know his uh, his Twitch handle. But yes, it's me. But yes, massive thank you to all of you guys. Hopefully, we'll see you in Discord for updates about things we're testing, a new bot to help you see what's going to be discussed, etc. We miss you. Well, at least I'll miss you guys. Um, but massive thank you to Chris, Patrick, <laughs> Paul. And myself, Josie, from Documentation Included. Bye-bye. That Bye. took way too long. Bye. <laughs> Bye.